The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! You ever had a girl tell you had too much barrel? Never. Never once. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you would say no, because then I would have uh, sounded really pathetic. He's a really sweet guy. Could use a little more barrel. He could, you know, he's a little wispy on the palate. I think he could probably stay in barrel another year. Yeah. Yeah. Finishes strong, though. (laughs) (laughs) But the attack. Tack is weak, dude. It's just so weak. <laughs> so what have it's you always, been doing all week? It's always a bad sign when you take your pants off and they go, oh, oh, <laughs> is it is it cold in here? Um, yeah, uh, buddy. <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you, t- you take your dick out and they're like, I immediately have a nickname for your penis. <laughs> No, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> You're not going to like it. Uh, oh, God. Why is it so weird? No. <laughs> it's just so weird. Did you see that? It has an elbow. It has an elbow and an eyelash. We we don't know why. Um, A thumbnail. <laughs> thumbnail, dude. The nail is big. Nail is big. Got to keep it trimmed. <laughs> For her pleasure. Um, Good Lord. Or his. I don't know. It depends on the day of the week. This is Um, how we're starting. This is how we're starting, guys. Um, It's a weird day. Um, Last week was our black-pilled episode, and unfortunately, life has not done a lot to help that. Correct. However... Because I'm Mr. Doom and Gloom. Bobby's usually a little bit more optimistic than I am in general. But you were saying to me, you know what? We actually do have something positive to talk about. I mean, a little bit. Okay. There's, there's some good signs from Hit what I'm... Hit me with it. I need it. Um, I hate when I say um. <laughs> I always have to cut them out. <laughs> By the way, the longest part of my editing... Is um process is pulling your ums. Me? <laughs> yeah. Oh. You do um, it a lot more than you think. Okay. That's nah, fine. I try not to. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, um yeah. No, I was looking at a few articles and trying to get past the headlines, because you know how that goes. Like you see the headline and it tries to click you know, bait. click you in. Yeah. Um, but if you actually read some of the articles, there's some positive signs in the country right now. I wish there was better news on some fronts. You know, I mean, gas is still five bucks a gallon and mm-hmm. COVID is back with a vengeance. Uh, don't call it a comeback. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was ever gone, but it's no. coming. It's spiking. I and mean, so that's that's shitty. That sucks. And people are we're not going back to mask no. culture. No, I don't think any governor of any state, even one as progressive as ours, I unless it's something off the charts. We're right. not going to be seeing that again. There's a big uptick in hospitalization, but not deaths. Right. 
So right. they're trying to hold on to that. Sure. But it's still stressful on the, our, our medical care and our, our workers. You what know? have you heard lately by virtue of this? What have you heard lately? Because me and Rex were talking about it. I'm probably on month maybe seven-ish on my booster. Like, I've heard nobody talking about, like, getting an additional... I mean, there's people out there, they're talking about getting even, like, third boosters and... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But it's the same booster. It is. Correct? It's not a new vaccine variant, you know... And from what I understand, the medical community is basically just settled in on the fact that these variants, the vaccine's not going to keep you from getting it. Right. um, But it will limit your symptoms and make things and a lot make more it bearable. less transmittable yeah as well. It, well yeah kind of kind of this um, new variant this b5 is supposed to be a dick kicker and it spreads like the measles right like it's, it's ridiculous goes everywhere yeah which is maybe why they're not doing the whole mask mandate going back to what it used to be yeah. i think they realize like this one's the cat's out of the bag it's coming we we talked about we, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but a couple weeks ago, we had what we would call two super spreader events in town. Yes, we did. One of them was, they were both good occasions, but it did bring a lot of people, especially in the restaurant industry together. Um, I was concerned. like I'm like, ooh, I wonder if we're going to see something a week after. Cause, yeah. um, and hopefully we won't. I don't, I don't know. I haven't really heard about, but there was right. it was also Pride weekend yep. here in Durango. So there was just, Tons of people everywhere um, having a good time, being together, obviously unmasked. So I, I was I was a little worried after those. Yeah. And that was the same weekend. So yeah. I was kind of worried about it. But hopefully we it didn't adjust the numbers too much. But I guess on the positive side of things, yeah. there are some <clears throat> really positive signs with our economy. Jobs are being created at a pretty like historic level right now. Right. Obviously, like you were saying earlier, like economists can probably dig deeper into those numbers and tell you exactly what it means right. and why it's good or why it's uh, fool's gold, maybe. Or exactly. Uh, but it seems like from what I was reading that we're seeing certain sectors start to take off, which are good indicators of development. Of course. Um, obviously, like construction and things of that nature. Huge. Infrastructure projects are creating jobs Even now. service industry. Service yeah. industry I've, Over the last six months, up. I've had more people wanting to work in the last three months than I had in the prior year and a half. doesn't mean they're all winners. Sure. It just, but, but I'm getting an influx of people interested in working again and it's been a while you know so and let's be honest i mean this is not an advertisement for president biden no i have huge problems with uh, our guy yeah he's he's a a handful i've never been a huge fan throughout his whole career yeah i think he as a young man was mildly racist and i I couldn't agree (laughs) with you more yeah look at his early legislation when he was a senator and he was Pro fucking, you know, three strike, mass yes. incarceration. Yeah, crime bills. Oh, the crime bill is what really is. He Very came, heavily targeted minority communities. Never lived that down. Never lived that um, down. And also his unwillingness to do any gun reform 100%. as a young man was yes. now coming back to bite him in the ass as president. Certainly um, is. And bite all of us in the ass. Um, I think it would be expected after COVID and the downturn that we saw the obvious reasons you know, hitting you right in the face. I mean, 
people couldn't go out and go to work. You're going to go into restaurants. I mean, sure. So recovery makes a lot of sense. You're going to see a recovery. Of course. You at some I mean? point. He's adding jobs to the economy by we're allowed to go outside and go places. And it's do not things. hard. It's not hard. Right. And there's still enough people with enough money to have an economy. I mean, there was a point there where it just felt like everybody was about to go out of business, lose their life sure. savings. And really, I mean, much to our credit, the American people have bounced back. However, um, you know, evil has a new face in a lot of many different ways. But like you were talking about the jobs being created are up. Unemployment is down. There is some weird math involved in figuring out, like you said, whether it's fool's gold or not. But indicators are important. They tell you which way the wind blows. Of course. So those are good things. Uh, gas ha- hit the peak. It's been it's coming down every day incrementally. for 29 days yeah. straight. I think gas prices have dropped. And now, I, you got to be careful with that because... You can't defend President Biden as a Democrat, which I see people do all the time, by saying, yeah, well, it's not his fault. He doesn't control gas prices. That's incorrect. And then then start sucking his dick when gas prices start to descend. You can't have it both ways. He, one of the few powers, and we're starting to understand, we thought the president was the most, I mean, growing up, I thought the president was the most powerful person in the world. We're slowly starting to understand, and I think the last six years, more than ever has showed us how little power the president has as an individual. But one of the few things they ha- they do have is executive orders. And those aren't law by right. any means. Those are almost like he's, you know, closing his eyes and throwing a, a nickel down a wishing well, you know, and he does that out loud. It, it doesn't have a ton of teeth, but it does have teeth. Gas prices, unfortunately, are one of the things that he can control a little bit. So um, he could have mandated some stuff. He didn't. That's fine. One thing you'll know about Kamala and Biden, they love them some corporations, boy. Oh, yeah. Don't get it twisted. So does Pelosi, who made $110 million last year from, quote, unquote, stock trading. Um, Yeah. But we've got a lot of broken pieces to this. However... um, it is good to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, it's nice to hear a bird chirp. You know what I mean? Like, it's good to know, yeah. you know, life, you know, for some of us is is moving forward. For other people trying to find homes, trying to get loans, um, it's not as pleasant. Um, the fascinating thing going on in politics right now, really, for me, is the MAGA crowd... And the rise in popularity of Ron DeSantis is becoming a very fascinating thing thing to watch. It's a thing. Because those two are going to battle it out for that nomination. I will tell you. And it's, quite frankly, we always said it, you know, DeSantis is Trump with a brain. DeSantis is smart Trump. Yeah. He's Trump 2.0. He believes all the same things that Trump believes. He's just articulate. He's well, he's well thought out. He has a platform. He's not just some fucking weird, you know, reality star railing against everything and doing nothing. He is dangerous. Flat out. He's very dangerous. If you know, Florida is not a great place to live. If you're anybody other than 
a rich white person. If you're anybody that you know, you that, say that though, but that that Cuban population down there fucking loves. Yeah, but they're him. all right wing. You know, they're, they're all right. All they're right all right wing. wing. Yeah, a lot a lot of this, a lot of Latino community everywhere from every part of the world, not just Cuba but mm-hmm. Central America. They have that Catholic yes faith based thing they do, and that is well, more and they important. come from an authoritarian government. Yeah, so it's like chill. Yeah, this is yeah, this is great. <laughs> After Castro, this is fun, dude. You know, uh, we've got some interesting stuff upcoming. I'm sure by the time November rolls around, and you know we're at midterms and stuff, it's going to get pretty sticky. Uh, but I've got no problem watching DeSantis and Trump throw jabs at each other. I think that would be yep. entertaining to say the least. And then there is a rise on the left. And guys, I promise we're not going to talk politics very long, but there is a rise on the left with this um, Mark Cuban thing is becoming very interesting. I don't know if he has any interest in politics whatsoever. Mm. He's, But there is a lot of momentum gathering behind him and a lot of momentum gathering behind uh, Gavin Newsom. Like, Gavin Newsom is running, and by the way, DeSantis is running ads in every state. Yeah, that, that sort 100%. of sets in, but so is Gavin Newsom. And his ads he's putting out, I'm not, he has his problems. He's not a perfect guy. I don't agree with him all the time. I think he, he's a corporate shill as well. I, it, okay, but if you separate that, some of these ads he's been running have been fucking fantastic, yeah. dude. He's like, top at top 10 states were of, of murders, eight of them are red. Top three states were of COVID deaths. All of them are all red. of like, them are red. He's doing these commercials, pointing out facts. Yeah, and you can draw your own conclusions. But he, it's a very, very, um, just fireball of fact-based yeah. ad campaigning he's doing. It's very smart. It's getting a lot of reaction, yeah. like you said. Well, and some of the programs he's putting in place have gotten a lot of. Did you hear about publicity. the insulin? Yeah. Dude, they're going to make their own insulin. California is making their own insulin so that they can provide cheap insulin to their fucking Do you know what a I think that's amazing. It's I don't care what the reasoning is. I don't care if it's profit motivated. I don't care. The fact that you're able to get people medicine to keep them alive at a lower rate and the and the he looked at it and he went, "Well, why don't we just charge a little bit less and make well, it?" And that's what Cuban's getting a lot of pub for. In the private sector, for creating his drug company, it's basically a drug reseller, right? That works directly with pharmaceutical companies to get. I've looked up some medications that I use. I can save like five hundred bucks a month, right? Yeah, because let's be honest, the the upsell on all those for 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 the people distributing it are it's like three hundred percent at the low end. Some of it's ten thousand yeah. percent. You know, there's some medications people take on a daily basis. Where should be that, criminal. That costs it really should be. Um it's the one thing I think the extreme right and the and the left can get along with is big pharma. It's one of the few points where I think mm-hmm. there's bipartisan commitment to fucking, you know, they're they're ghouls. They're fucking ghouls. Um, And we all take medication, especially Southerners. I mean, there's a lot of gout medication. and (laughs) (laughs) They got a little bit of sugar foot down A lot of lipids and a lot of insulin. Yeah, Yeah, man. Um, Yeah, there's some high blood pressure medication (laughs) in Louisiana, my friend. Just saying. If you wake up and eat donuts every day, if you're a beignet guy every day, okay. (laughs) 
Every day. That's, that's All right, man. Let's do it. Do your thing. Oh. <laughs> you always do the intro. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> this is a weird one. It's a Saturday as we're recording, so we're, we're a little bit in a different mindset than we usually are. Yeah. Um, but we are and will always be the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wills. This is the Whiskey Reel. We are here in Cloud City. It is hot as balls right now. Um, we're not doing too bad here in Cloud City, though. Uh, but I know down there where you people are, next to the asphalt. It's pretty sticky down there. It's sticky, brother. Um, it is hot, but that's not a bad thing. Let's enjoy the summer. Before we know it, it will be over, and I'll be complaining constantly about how cold I am. Um, that being said, who are we? We're the Whiskey Reel, and we are comprised of merely two gentlemen. That's all we are. I know the intro says three, but, you know, we have our... Sean's almost like our imaginary friend at this point. We <laughs> talk to him. He's in the corner. He he's does, with us in spirit. He's with us in spirit. Um, sitting across from me is a lovely gentleman. He has all the lipids he needs. Yeah, Trust me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a barrel of a man. <laughs> This is uh, one of my dearest friends in the world. You know him as Bobby, but we know him as Bobbeth Van Noyes of the Tallahassee Van Noises. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. It's good to see you on a Saturday. Yeah, it's weird, right? It doesn't happen very often. I know. I feel a little loosey-goosey and weird. I'm like out of my groove. (laughs) Absolutely. You guys, you know my buddy, Mr. Wolfgang Fuck, Tony Montanus. The heir to the Roan <laughs> Brandarises. Oh, <laughs> uh, they have nothing. Uh, I thought it was Madagascar at one point. It was. From, yeah. No. Sir Antonio Brandaris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Merci, merci, merci. Um, yeah. Sorry we had to hit you with the intro, but it's important. So there. Suck it, it does nerds. us a lot of good to kind of get those things off our chest. And- it does. As we get older... You know, things involving the world become more important. I remember looking at my parents and my grandparents and going, God, what are these old people talking about? It's so boring. And then here I am. I've metamorphosized into all of them. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. My, my, I come from a long history of left-leaning, like militant left-leaning. And so it was just one of those things that I put up with when I was younger. But now that I'm older, I, yeah. I get it. You know, I get the importance. Absolutely. But we're going to put that in our rear view because, again, we are the whiskey reel. We talk whiskey and we talk movies or media or interwebs. It's kind of all the same thing. But the first part of it is whiskey. And I picked up something today from uh, that little place called Wagon Wheel right in the town center plaza right next to the Walgreens or I still call it Rite Aid. Uh, it's right there next to the Baskin Robbins. If you're in sound of my voice, you know exactly where to go to pick up your booze. It's a lot of liquor in a very tiny place and they do it well. And I was walking through the aisles by myself. It's nice to get into wagon wheel when there's no other people in there. It's very calming. They got a great air conditioner. So you just kind of meander through the halls. Um, and I saw this and I said to myself, I don't think we've done this and if we have it would be back in the archive days like i don't i and i brought it into you and i was like have we done this? i don't think we've done it which is crazy because there's those big 
brands that you all know for bourbon. Every bar has this bottle. Um, even shitty bars tend to have this bottle. It's not anything top shelf, but it's something that's important and should be talked about. This is Knob Creek. You've all seen it. Um, it's got that kind of iconic rectangle bottle to it. They make a rye as well. Um, what makes Knob Creek different? It spends nine years in barrel, which sounds insane, right? Um, it only takes two to be considered a bourbon. This is nine years, and it's also famously 100 proof. That's kind of what Knob Creek's known. I remember when I was coming up in the restaurant industry, Knob Creek was known as great mixing bourbon. Not a lot of people drank it straight or on the rocks. This is more what you do for an old-fashioned or Manhattan that's kind of what I remember Knob Creek being. And prior to, to us opening this bottle, I don't have a great memory of Knob Creek. Like, it just, it, I see the bottle everywhere and I'm like, nah, it's, it's Knob Creek. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, although I opened this today and we started sipping on it. And I, I don't know whether I was too young or too naive or I just wasn't in the right headspace. This tastes a hell of a lot better than I remember it, man. And maybe it's because it's been years. I yeah. don't know. What did you, like, we both had sort of the same reaction. Our initial reaction was, this is an oak bomb. Oak bomb. 100%. I mean, it just throws oak right in your face. Not in a bad way. No. But it. this is one of the more heavily oaked bottles we've done on this podcast. Oh, my God. Even for Kentucky. Yeah. This is Kentucky. Yes. So, obviously, you're going to get a lot of the um, classic, you know, caramels, vanillas, and all that all that good shit. Yeah. All that. Yeah, it's super barreled. Um, it wasn't as hot on the palate as I would have expected at or 100 Or I remembered proof. it. I remember uh, this yeah. being rocket fuel, Just being man. a flamethrower. And maybe we're just dead inside now. That, that's possible, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got what I call body warm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, it yeah. immediately warmed me up, which no. is great on a summer day. Yeah. That's exactly what you want as you're sweating <laughs> into your microphone. Um, you definitely want Knob Creek. No, but I was pleasantly surprised. We diluted this down pretty hard on ice. I like used all the ice in the freezer to, to <laughs> dilute this down. Um, and I'm chasing it with a little bit of ginger beer just because of the hunter proof. I'm enjoying this a lot more than I remembered when I tried it prior. Yeah. I will say that. 100%. It's a lot more sippable than I remember. And um, it's a pretty good price point. Yeah. Really. I mean, usually this is $7.50. They also make liters of Knob Creek, which is always, if you can buy a liter, buy a liter. That's it's the way best better price. Um, this $7.50, though, $37. Bucks. I mean, that's what normal people pay. We don't pay that. But it's around $37, $38. Bucks. That isn't, you know, if we cannot crack the 40 mark, that's kind of an accomplishment for us because we've drank 8,000 episodes worth of bourbon. So yeah. <laughs> to find things that, and it was it was merely through attrition. We've just forgot about Knob Creek because it's yeah. so ubiquitous. It's almost like when we walk down the aisle yeah. over at Wagon Wheel, we don't even see Knob Creek. You just Creek. walk right by your, it. Your eyes go right over it because you see it all the time in It's bars. always next to the Makers, too, which oh, I'm always. the same exact way with Makers. N I just... Make, now, Makers, I will say, I think Knob Creek has some muscle to it, has some finesse to it. Maker's Mark, to me, is utter trash. I don't like it at all. I don't enjoy that product whatsoever. You know who likes that? Stanky. 
Hanky, oh. St- Hanky Stanky loves Makers. Yeah, he also loves Jack Daniels. Thank you. And that goes together. <laughs> Those people are the same people. There's some correlation <laughs> kind of causation thing going yeah, there's on there's an there. algorithm involved. yeah there's an algorithm in absolutely at play. but no very pleasant classic bourbon notes um was not as hot as i remember it for 100 proof this sips incredibly well it really does um but yeah don't think for a second you're not going to be chewing on a barrel man it is oaky oak oak Tons yeah. of caramel, vanilla, banana, a little bit of mint. It's like all the classic American oak um, sort of indicators that you get are here in spades. I think so, this is an oakier product than the double oaked Woody. Uh, Woody. Yeah, the Woodford Reserve double oak is kind of known as like the. Yeah. You know, that's. But I think over this is stronger. Oh, like, it's, I, it's yeah. right there. Yeah. And I always use Buffalo Trace as being the most candy bar. Yeah. Kentucky. And um, this almost feels like it's Buffalo Trace with with more alcohol in it. Right, right. Which kind of it is. Um, but yeah, great price point, beautiful bottle. Nobody would ever turn down a bottle of Knob Creek if you picked it up for a birthday or something like that. It's Be a, a sexy gift. bottle. And uh, like I said, those nine years in barrel, you get all of it. So you can mix this with, you know ice or diet barks or it would hold up in a cocktail as well it's pretty versatile for what it is so uh for free free new listeners bobby enjoys diet barks Uh, (laughs) and they only have it on fountain at wendy's at wendy's that's the only place literally on the planet you can find that shit for no reason for no fucking no fucking reason and no i do not put whiskey in it Anymore. I'm tempted. Anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is it? What is it with uh, fountain soda versus bottle soda? Fountain soda is always better. I think it's it's almost it's too intense in a bottle. I think my voice is a little. Uh, You're being weird. Hollow. Hollow. I think my mic's being a little hollow. Oh, I'll figure it out. Okay, figure it out. Um. I don't know what the difference is. Honestly, like I enjoy fountain soda so much. So much more. Like it's probably because they're just literally easier to drink. Maybe. They're I, opened up. They're a little less carbonated because of the container. Yeah, and because all that. of the container. Yeah, because man, I can't drink soda out of it's just I'm not a soda drinker anyway. I don't have soda at my house. I don't really buy soda. I usually drink like iced tea or something. Just not a big soda guy. Um but when I do now and then, I'll be like, oh, man, a fountain Coke or like there's something like just so refreshing about it sometimes. But man, when somebody gives me it out of a bottle. Yeah. It's like, ah, it's too much, dude. Maybe I'm just old and curmudgeon Well, we know that. Well, granted. But uh, anywho, Knob Creek, good stuff. Go get some. If you like fountain drinks, Diet Barks. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. So if if you haven't spoken to anybody that Bobby and I have been with, um, then you would not know this. However, if you have, uh, you would know that we are big, giant children. We like dumb stuff. We like dragons and video games and Marvel characters. And we're, we're just big, dumb children. 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, we are. And that all started way, way back in the, if you guys can believe it, the late 70s and 80s. I know it's many, many moons ago. Um, but it started with fascination of Bobby, much like myself, sitting and watching a ridiculous amount of movies. Like movies were such a big deal. This was, I remember when VHS actually came out. So it was such a big deal to get a movie or to see a movie. It was like an event, yeah, right? And we thought it would be ton, uh, fun to talk about some of our childhood favorites and whether or not those favorites hold up. Yeah, like, absolutely. Or, or are they utter dog shit? And the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind was Never Ending Story. Which, as kids, we mm. thought was like the fucking coolest thing in the world. Right. Right? Um, I rewatched that with my daughter. That might be the worst movie ever made. <laughs> it is. It has no, the plot is just trash and everywhere at the same time. It feels like it was edited by somebody with, you know, Parkinson's right like it was just it's everywhere it's the choppiest most uncomfortable film in the world it has it has pacing stuff (laughs) yeah for sure it goes back and forth between these two different storylines and it's kind of clunky super clunky I mean in retrospect but but I will push back a little bit (laughs) the the effects in that movie are so much fun they are. They really are. I don't know how they pulled off the fucking dragon dog. Oh, Falcor, dude. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Knuckles' dog is named Falcor. Everybody in the world has a dog <laughs> named Falcor. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for it being a little bit ahead of its time from a yeah. visual standpoint. From a visual effects standpoint, it was very ahead of its time. Like a lot of these movies, when we were kids, there's always something behind it. And the whole concept, and we'll talk more about this as it goes along, the concept behind this movie was dealing with depression, childhood depression. Yep. You know, Sebastian being a depressed young man Mm -hmm. that lives in his head. Sure. Reads fantasy and blah, 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 right? Which was a pretty common trope in the 80s. Yes, it was. Yeah. Because we were all a pack of depressed little fat shits. (laughs) (laughs) That were babysat by televisions. Yeah. Yeah. We lived in the Reagan era. (laughs) That was uh, it. That was it. We were going to die from nuclear war at any moment. And uh, yeah, it was fun. I There are problematic elements to that movie as well. (laughs) Oh, boy. I I think a love story between a child and another child is always a little uncomfortable. It can be. I think it was cute. The childlike empress. Yes. Now. Do we really know? Let's break that down. The age of consent. (laughs) We don't know how old she is one way or the other. 28, dude. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And um, what's his name? Um, Atreyu? Atreyu. Yeah. How old is that fucking kid? He's like 13. I don't know. You know what I I mean? I I don't know. It's weird. So was she childlike or was she a child? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. know. That's all weird. That's for you guys to figure out. (laughs) There's an allegory in the movie with the swamp. Yes. Where that's basically depression. Yeah. And And they drown his fucking horse in it. And and that was a five minute scene. 
It wasn't like all of a sudden it was glug, glug, glug. You watched every inch of that horse get fucking swallowed. It's fucking unbelievable, dude. (laughs) It was so brutal. And it's a movie about like childhood trauma where they traumatized (laughs) children, millions of children. (laughs) Like, fuck you. You get to come along for the ride, too. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. I still hear that fucking. The horse? Artax. Artax. Yeah, Yeah, he just gave up. Yeah, yeah, he gave up. You know what I mean? That was essentially, I guess that was the allegory. He, he accepted. He just gave in to his depression. Right. And said, fuck it. And just so fuck it. sank underneath the surface. <laughs> Peace out. Bro. And like kids everywhere were just like, Destroyed. mommy? Yeah. Destroyed. <laughs> what happened to the horse? Yeah, but that was a kid's movie. I remember going and seeing that in the movie theater. There were some um, heavy so themes. W- do, you think, do you think that movie holds up, though? Honestly. I think I'm the themes of no. it hold up, but I think everything you said is correct. I think it's it's not a great script. It like the pacing of it is fucking it's so bizarre. Weird. It's bizarre. Um, it really, is. I think some of the performances are fun. The effects, like I said, are really really. That's cool. what really is the spine of the movie. It is. Really it is. is. It's it's a collection of cool moments, basically. Yeah, that, like, with the iconic. rock guy. Oh, and the yeah. turtle. Yeah, all that shit was hard to pull off. Yeah, that turtle was cool. McConnell. Yeah. That shit was That's dope. what I call him. McConnell. Um, but you it was yeah, a yeah. world it was a world of wonder by virtue of like sci-fi and fantasy. We've talked way too much about our love for Conan, but for all things like that were in that vein in that time, there was um Beastmaster and Sword and the Sorcerer, and there were all these like cool you know dragon sword movies that came out during that yeah. time and they were fascinating as a kid do any of those hold up i mean conan does obviously, obviously. we've talked about that but i, I those movies were pretty shit fairly right? recently it's pretty stupid it's bad but it's still i can watch the fuck out of you it. watch the fuck out of it it I scratches love that, that nostalgic it's so dumb yeah. oh, lee so horsley dumb. is such a douche you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean totally dude <laughs> the king the fucking three-bladed sword ah, the shooting sword shooting the sword or whatever stop it so dope it's hard to describe that movie as a kid's movie though because there's a lot of blood and guts and tits yeah but we were allowed to watch that if it was in a fantasy format yeah, i know it's weird right there was no if par- it was on hbo oh, yeah we got to watch it and there enjoy was enjoy your titties you know for as much as they say helicopter parents and tiger moms and stuff, apparently we had zero parenting. No. Like, we got to watch the craziest shit you yeah. would ever imagine. Yeah. Traumatizing shit. I was raised by Steven Spielberg and Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got one. Yeah. And it's, it kind of goes back to that vein of never-ending story. Okay. And this is one that I 100% think, I think it holds up completely. Yeah. Because I watch it four times a year. <laughs> you have an issue with this movie. I also think there's some problematic elements. For sure. That make me uncomfortable. <laughs> I know where you're going. Do you? Yeah. What, what do you think I'm talking about? Labyrinth? Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That fucking movie is awesome. It, it's it's a fucking fun movie. It First really of all, is. the greatest practical puppet effects. Oh my god! Even better than the Muppet films themselves. Sure, this is oh, so 100%. much better. It's so good. And I mean, you got a little dog riding a bigger dog. I know. <laughs> the, it's so fucked up. It's so fucking good. Um, there's Did so that, many great characters. It was written by 
Terry Jones of Monty Python. Monty Python. He wrote the screenplay. Okay. And there's definitely some of those notes. Sure. You know. It's very English. Yes. It's a very English movie. Bowie was fucking awesome. Bowie's awesome. Jennifer Conley. How old is Bowie? (laughs) He's trying to marry Jennifer Conley. A 12-year-old. Yeah. Yep. That was it. You know what we did about that? Not Nothing. a goddamn thing. Didn't even watch blink the shit out of it, dude. Oh, he's totally going to marry her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in your mind, you're like, well, it is Bowie. So, I know, I mean, right? We gave it a pass. We gave it a pass. Bowie. It's Bowie, dude. That's fucked uh, up. That's so fucked up. God, it's fucked up. Did that come out? And we obviously, we do no show prep by virtue of research. We just talk. But was <laughs> was the Dark Crystal out at the same time as Labyrinth? It, they were all around the same time. And Willow. And there was like a kind of a renaissance for that kind of, you know, what I would consider almost like Willow. Tol- Tolkien-esque. Yeah. You yes. Know? Yes. Do you know they're remaking Willow? Yeah. It's uh, going to be a show. TV series. Yeah. Yeah. And they're bringing back Willow, the yeah. guy who played Willow. 100%. Um, uh, Kevin Pollack. Already announced he's on an episode. He's one of the brownies. Oh, no. Yeah, it's rad, dude. Yeah, I remember him as a brownie. They were a great... Is it? Because I hate the brownies. I know, but the brownies were fun. They were my stupid. my least favorite. They were stupid, but they were fun. Willow's another one that I think still holds up. The effects were fucking awesome. Oh, dude, the that's not true. I just watched it the other day. Really? Dude, those, mo- those weird... The like, twin monsters, like shapeless monsters at the end or whatever. Like, I oh, that was that wasn't. I still don't know what happened in that fight. <laughs> <I> still don't. <laughs> but like the dragon, double-headed dragon thing that blows up. Oh yeah, yeah, that was. They, fun. they had some yeah. good effect moments in that. And yeah. Kilmer was fucking great. He oh, was he was perfect. legitimately awesome. He was perfect in yeah. that role. Um, but that I think that movie holds up quite well there was a we were talking about like the old and when we say old i mean old animation that we used to like as a kid this is way before anime um would be what it was all hand-drawn stuff like the original hobbit cartoon oh my gosh was amazing i haven't seen it in so long and i don't know if i want to no i I hate to lose that to lose that see and that's what i'm saying does it hold up I think something like that does. I recently was watching a little bit of The Last Unicorn, which is another really sad movie because people die everywhere. But um, <laughs> but the, the 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 art involved in making something like that back then, pre-computer, was just a task. And it looks beautiful. Um, it really, really does. And that led into what we were saying, like Fritz the Cat, Ralph Bakshi, Cool World, uh, Roger Rabbit, like some of those movies. Like I never dug Cool World. I don't. I, I just didn't. No, get it. it wasn't great. But Roger Rabbit holds up. Roger Rabbit is yeah, Semeckis. Yeah, all the old Warner Brothers plus so who's who? Disney shit in yep. there, and like yeah, all these different studios came to. And we all we know the notes. I mean, Jessica Rabbit is. The most sexy thing that's ever been drawn. Right. Basically. Right. They did that on purpose. They did it on purpose. You know, and she's uh, married to a rabbit. Yeah. And Except okay. for the lead characters in Disney's Robin Hood. Those two little foxes. <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> You're such a dunce. They were both fit as fuck. <laughs> are you saying you would fucking give it up for... To 
Lady so which one? Marion. Lady Marion, the Fox Marion. She could get it. She can get it, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she chewed. No, and he though. was handsome as shit. He's <laughs> not wearing any pants. I know, no pants. <laughs> Why was he a fox? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. By the way, that movie's awesome. It holds up. But I digress. A uh, snake? A, just saying. Yeah. Well, a fox is supposed to be one of the most clever animals. And so I, I think, think that that's the, the idea. That yeah. was the idea behind it. But... Yeah. Um, a lot of those old Disney movies bore the shit out of me, man. Yeah, if you go back and watch like The Jungle Book, Ugh. that movie goes on forever. <laughs> it's just punishing. In dude. your mind, you're like, oh, this movie was so great. Yeah. And then you go back and you're like, holy shit, this goes on and on and on. Totally. Like, well, we were talking about. That movie speech. should be 70 minutes long. <laughs> Maybe at the max. But all we remember is the cute songs. Exactly. And- the exactly. necessity. Yeah, the, dude. Yeah. The the dumb bear. Yeah. Um <laughs> I always I think there's a special sect of like childhood movies for us for our generation that what I construe as the scary movies you were allowed to watch. Oh, yeah. Which would be like Gremlins, um, Ghoulies. Yeah. Um, that ilk. Where it was just obviously stupid puppetry and practical effects to be right. scary. Gremlins obviously was a feat. Like they that oh, was yeah. an amazingly made movie, the first one. Right. But it was still fucking weird. There was it no, was not Gremlins has some dark scary, material to dude. it, man. It was scary as a kid. Uh the scariest part of that film is when Phoebe Cates, the love of my life, <laughs> uh tells the story about her father. Crawling down the chimney or whatever the fuck oh and my dying. God. And Do you dying. remember that? Dude, that's right. That is it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> why did they do it's, that? It's frightening as all hell, dude. I have no idea why but they we had... were allowed to watch those movies as kids. Like I remember oh, yeah. seeing stuff like I would never let my daughter watch. We got away with a lot of shit. We got to see like Conan had boobs. We'd I'd be watching like lots of movies. Uh, um, the Howling. Oh like, my god! Like old horror movies that we were allowed. I don't know why our parents thought it was okay for us to watch like Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween. Well, they were the on TV. They back were on then. TV. Like that, and that's all you had. Like network TV, yes. they would have them on after the news. Absolutely, yeah. At eleven o'clock, because at eleven o'clock you could show Let's whatever go, the fuck you want. Yeah, and they would just go full hound dog on it. I like, remember watching Kevin Bacon get that arrow through his neck. Yes, you know what Still I mean. Still one the of the first better thirteenth practical great effects. effect. Yeah, man. Tom Still Savini. one of the better kills. Um, um, but no, Gremlins, Ghoulies. Critters, critters. There was a yeah. There, there was, was a that. whole subgenre of horror films that were made for kids. Yeah, it was weird. Um, we brought one up earlier that I fucking love, and I still love what the Monster Squad. Monster Squad. Fred Decker's Monster. Oh my Squad. god! And it's this Come is such a ph- on. This has been such a phenomenon. There's like there's like um like conventions dedicated to monster squad. There's like documentaries out about monster squad. Yes. Um, it's, it's called Wolfman has nards. Yeah. Wolfman has nards, which is one of the more famous lines from the movie and uh, not the best line in the, not movie, the best yes. line, but going back, <laughs> I showed that to my, I showed that to my kid and she thought it was great. She might've been a great. little, she might've been a little too young. It was just scary enough to be a little unsettling. And that's what's cool about that movie and why I think it still holds up is it is scary. There are horror elements to it. The makeup effects are bad. 
They're ass. fucking dope as shit. They yeah. recreated the old yeah. Universal monsters in such a cool, fun, hundred percent. Yeah, it, and so yeah, it's a bunch of bunch of the classic monsters, right? The mummy, the werewolf, Dracula, Frankenstein, all going a, a, going against a team of preteen boys yeah. in a battle. Um, and it was fucking awesome. It was, it was awesome. It was like horror Goonies. Kind of, yeah. Right? Yeah. And Goonies was obviously, I don't think we need to say anything about Goonies. Goonies is Goonies. They're going to, I'm surprised they haven't already remade it, quite frankly. Oh, thank goodness um, they haven't. God, they're. but you know they're going to. You yeah. know some asshole is going to buy the rights and fuck that movie up. I mean, Stranger Things is an essentially a horror Goonies. fantasy remake of Goonies. I agree 100%. Yeah. But- well, We'll probably talk a little Stranger Things after the break. Have you went through the whole season? I Me have. too. I have. Cool. We're going to okay. talk about okay. it. Okay. Because I, I know you, and I know you're going to fucking shit on it. I am way. not going to. Okay. I'm, I'm not shitting All on right, anything. Don't shit on it. I'll right. shit on the things that need to be shot upon. <laughs> there were some uh, other oddball movies as kids. It wasn't all fantasy and dragons and critters and <laughs> shit humor. A lot of it was, though. We got to see movies like Porky's. I saw it in the theater Porky's. with my parents. Porky's. Which was the most exploitative film ever made. Ever made. We got to see Porky's. We got to see Beverly Hills Cop, which was a lot less sexual, but very adult themes. I got like, to see Kim Cattrall's bare ass yeah. in a movie Yep. before, our, I mean, I was probably five years away from my first pube. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? And that's stayed with you ever since. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Dude. Um, that is a fucking funny scene in Porky's. Maybe the funniest scene. Oh, the howling scene? When she's howling. Oh, my God. And they're laughing their asses it's off so, in the principal's that, office. That was sincere laughter. Unbelievably funny. But th- that The rest movie, of that movie's dog That shit. movie cannot ever be made again. Um, dude, Fast Times. Yeah, I saw... Yeah. Fast Times was a kid's movie. There was a whole fucking... Sub story about abortion, about abortion and and like rapiness, and it yeah. was really fucked up. Damone, Damone, hey, no matter whatever happens, the feet are still tapping. Oh, uh, he was God, such a piece yeah. of shit. Um, but anyway, yeah, like Fast Times was not. There was smoking weed and boning and. But that was perfectly acceptable at 11, 12 years old to watch that. So you have a child of that age, and like you know. Parenters the answer's no. You parent her. Yeah, dude. Our parents just let us run around like wild children. God. We were feral children. We kind of were. <laughs> we were in bare feet, running around the neighborhood, never coming home except at night to right. sleep and eat. But other than that, like there was no parenting going on. Wow, that's interesting. You're right. My <laughs> we perspective <were> is changing. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I was a little kid just watching movies like Predator. Yeah. Commando. Whatever. All the Rambo movies. Oh, my God. Nightmare on Elm Street. I watched that when I was a child. The first one, still the scariest one. I asked... The opening credit sequence is horrifying. I I, I cut out her name, by the way. I just said her name. I revealed Rex's name. You got it. Sorry about that. Um, Rex, the funniest thing she told me, because she is a few years younger than us. Her first movie she saw in a theater horror movie was fucking... Fighting uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. Whoa, which was one of the best ones. Great movie. Dream Warriors was sick. Great movie. But as a eleven year old, 
No. That might mess you up a little bit. Not acceptable. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> we got away with so much shit. Oh, my God. This well, was... I've talked about this on the podcast previously. I mean, I saw The Shining. Yeah, this I still can't believe. In the theater. I my couldn't... brother, that derelict <laughs> Son monster, <of> bitch, <laughs> took me to The Fucking Shining and has fucked me up to this day. Dude, this, look. Say what you will, it's the but only it's a re- child. It's why I can't orgasm unless I'm drowning a hooker in a bathtub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a fact, by the way. That's not hyperbole. Um, no, I, you told me that story of going... Oh, It took me into my early 20s to finish The Shining. Yeah. I could only watch it in segments because it, it terrorized me as yeah. a child. Because I, like you, saw it as a kid... I couldn't watch no. it. It was so terrifying to me that to this day, that's why it's my favorite movie. I don't think a movie's ever done that to me before or after. Right. I've never, a movie's not have ever affected me that much. Right. Like it ruined my like immediate childhood. It fucked me up. I have dude. no memory <laughs> from, from eight age to- eight to age 12. <laughs> It fucking men in black you, dude. Yeah, no idea what happened after that. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Uh, oh shit. Um, there is a weird other sector of child movies when you grew up would be like the Last Starfighter. Oh, and there was a huge sci-fi, sci-fi Star Wars offshoots, War kind Games. Of. Yeah, yeah, War yeah. Games, where it was almost like where it was video games. Ooh, nice pull mixed with like real life. And as a kid, I mean, we, you know, believe it or not, shocker, we probably spent more times in arcades than we did anywhere else as children. Yeah. And so plugging, you know, money your poor parents didn't have to give you for arcades that you would just smash. Um, and it was that video game era sparked the Atari era, sparked a whole new kind of coolness of movies where they were integrating yeah, you know, definitely like, uh, like video games with real life. There were several of them where like they oh, yeah. got sucked into the video game, or you know, the video game came to life. Um, there were uh, uh, that was like a subgenre. There was like the uh, Fred Savage, Ex- exactly. Um, what was that fucking? Movie? The Wizard. The Wizard. Yeah. Yes. The perfect example. The Nintendo glove thing or whatever. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Totally. God, remember the Nintendo glove? <laughs> we thought go? that was the coolest shit ever. <clears throat> and nobody bought it. No. Um, it went the way of the Wii. Yeah. Just sorry, Nintendo. After yeah. the NES, you guys have. The Switch is killer. Switch, I hear, is awesome. It's awesome. I don't have one. It's awesome. um, But, you know, as far as gaming consoles are concerned. That was a fun subgenre, though. I mean, I actually have a really vivid memory of seeing The Last Starfighter. Yeah. I saw it with my brother. We were picking him up from (laughs) Yellowstone National Park, where he had spent a season up there working. Okay. And so we were going through Big Sky, Montana. Oh, wow. This was the year that that girl got kidnapped up there. 
by the two mountain men or whatever. Oh, and so Jesus. there was like federal manhunts going on while we were there. Like there were FBI and no. everywhere. Oh wow, that's helicopters fucking... constantly going over searching. Whoa, it was a really weird. thing. You remember that as a kid? Yeah, like, and we f- traveled there in a Winnebago. We had a little like TV in there, and we right. would just watch the coverage and all that shit. Oh Jesus! But then like we needed to unwind. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> we didn't From want to hang out with death and manhunt. Yeah. So my brother was like, no, I'm going to take Bobby to a movie and we're going to just gonna right. go chill out. So he took me to the last Starfighter and we wow. enjoyed the fuck out of it. It's so good, dude. It's so good. There was, that was not, that little sci-fi video gamey thing was very cool. I don't know how much it holds up. I don't think it would. I'm, I don't I'm, think, I'm I know the effects will not hold up. No. The effects were pretty bad. Horrifying. But the storyline, really, really cool. Yeah, it was. It different um, and very yeah, different. Yeah. Right? I liked it. Yeah. Um, the, but it's, the kid Lance Guest, I thought uh, he did a really good job in that role. He did great. He uh, did great. What was the one, the fuck, I just remembered it. It was the three kids. One of them was River Phoenix, where they took off in a rocket. River Phoenix. Flight night flight of the navigator. Flight of the navigator. Holy cow! Holy shit! I just I remembered that, that. I bet that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how I haven't dare seen you that cast aspersions on River Phoenix? How dare you? All right, he's a talented kid. While we're on sci-fi kids movies, okay, for another six minutes. Yes. Do you remember? And do you remember the story behind this, Mac and Me? Oh, I don't remember the story. I just remember the stupid puppet thing. Stupid puppet thing. Obviously a response to E.T. Of course. Which holds up. Alf. Yeah, all that a, shit. Yeah, yeah, there was a whole... Mac and yeah. Me was produced by McDonald's. The McDonald's Shut Corporation. up. Produce that movie. Oh no! So that they could cross market. So they have product placement and do what? Do corporations are dirty, bro? Dude, they're the dirtiest, dude. <laughs> Ew! It, I don't think it worked. I don't think it worked. We would our fat asses would have eaten McDonald's anyway. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What well, are we gonna? I, t- <laughs> I was never allowed. <laughs> you were never allowed to eat McDonald's. I've never had McDonald's. Wait a minute. No, I've never had McDonald's. If do we have a record scratch that we could bring in right now? <laughs> I do. How have you never? I don't. Okay, make me understand this. Did you not have one near where you grew up? No, nope, we had them. I my mother just kind of refused to let me eat it. Why? She fed you all sorts of shit. Oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't like you were a fucking Jack Lalanne's kid. <laughs> I mean, like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Why McDonald's? I don't know. She had a weird kind of a stigma about McDonald's. She refused to take me there. And of course, I felt like a weird outsider kid. Because you never had McDonald's. Because I never had McDonald's. And to this day. Never. I've never Stop had a McDonald's. Stop it. I have never had a McDonald's cheese. I mean, they're not my favorite thing in the world. We've I'll had t- this conversation. Have we? Yeah. Oh. On air? Maybe. No. Yeah. It's more but, important that they know. But yeah, I've never had McDonald's food in my life. So, I have no idea what it tastes like, every, but I have a pretty good idea. You have an idea, dude. <laughs> Meanwhile, but I mean, I've had Burger King and Wendy's, Wendy's and all that shit. Popeyes. So and, we grew yeah. up in New Mexico and we ate Blake's Lotta Burger. 
So, That's kind of the answer, yeah. right? Was that everybody has their little regional yeah. chain. So right? when mom and I wanted to have a little treat, right? Little boy needed a big old cheeseburger. <laughs> she'd take me to Blake's. Is that still good? Does it Blake's hold up? Yes. It's good. It's good, it's good in the way that shitty fast food is good. Yes. Okay. Exactly. What's their what are they known for? What's their green thing? chili cheeseburgers? Fucking New Mexico. Can't have goddamn thing without green chilies in it. Green dude. chili cheeseburgers there are pretty legit. They're legit? Yeah. All right. Because I drive by the one that's on the way to Farmington. Yeah. Yeah. That and one. Aztec. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like, I was like, hmm. Yeah. Should I? Should I? I was eating at that when I was seven years old. I was in yeah, that that's building. That's in that building. Yep. The, the, the ghost of Bobby Noyes still roams the halls. <laughs> yeah. Just plods around. <laughs> If you ever feel a tug on your shirt by a little fat shit, that is the ghost of Bobby Noise. <laughs> well, hey, guys, we're obviously having a blast with this conversation. Yeah. Let's keep the fucking conversation going. Give us some feedback. Yeah. Yes. I want to know the movies bitches. that you guys remember from me because we're all different ages. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like if you're 30, zero, 30 years old right now. You've probably never seen half these fucking Any movies. Any of those movies. I want to know what you're watching when you were a kid. I'm sure oh. Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen's <laughs> butthole was in it. God. <laughs> yeah, what would be, like, I know my daughter loves, like, the newer, like, um, what is it called? Big Six? With the oh robot. yeah 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 she she loves like the red panda one like she oh, loves yeah, all yeah. the new movies coming out right but when she was a kid like it was all the classics right it was sure. all classic Disney classic this class. it's interesting like what do the kids nowadays like grow up watching like yeah right it's so like homogenized and like go watch the Disney Channel for like kid shows it's so like right it feels like there's no wiggle in like i don't know it feels very vanilla and very homogenized well yeah because i'm sure there's people that listen to this podcast young enough that probably grew up their first kids movies were pixar yeah 100 percent. like we were watching them as grown-ups well we have problems we do have problems (laughs) so yeah guys we'd love to hear from you 970-426-5344 we'll definitely shout that number out again after the break Yes, um, but we would love a voicemail or some text or just give us some ideas. That'd be cool. That'd be a great conversation to have with our people. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us your favorite kids movies. And more importantly, tell us the movies you shouldn't have watched that you did and affected Ooh, you. I God damn it. That's we such all, a great conversation. Because we all snuck movies in that we knew damn well we shouldn't watch. Yeah. And it fucking ruined us. Right. Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. Definitely. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to go burn, and uh, we'll be right back. All right. Hey guys, we're back. Hey, how, how, have, you, how have you been? <laughs> Hope you guys have been well. <laughs> we just had to go blow a dirt. 
and complain about the GOP stuff. That's what we do. We talked about stuff and <laughs> things. Free time. And mostly we talked about what we're going to talk about. But why don't you let these knuckleheads know how to get a hold of us? It's a call to action. Ha! You guys can reach out to us at 970-426-5344. Crom! 970-426-5344. Leave us a voicemail. Leave us a text message. You can reach us at whiskeyrill at gmail.com for some long-form feedback. If you want to write me a letter, I would read it. Yep. On air. And we never mentioned this. Uh, those of you that are on iPhones, which is about all of you. Yeah, most most of you. You're probably listening to this on Apple Podcasts. How about a review? Give us a little... Just hit a star. We love a little five-star review. Jesus. It makes it so much easier in the algorithms for you guys to find us. Yeah, man. We crawl up the charts, and <laughs> I know that you all think we deserve to be famous. So. Yeah, thank you. Um that's true. <laughs> uh, we were talking just a bit ago um, about something we both... It's rare we both finish stuff at the same time, so we kind of have to talk in half. We kind of have to hold some cards so we don't ruin it for you know each other. But we both finished the last season of Stranger Things. Um, if you're not a fan of the show, great. If you are... Um, then you've probably finished the fucking season too because everybody binge-watched the shit out of it. Oh, my God, um, yeah. It was hard not to. Is it their number one I don't know if it is anymore. Streaming property? Because I think, oh, as far as a property is concerned, I would imagine. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but what were your thoughts on it? What, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the show in general? My thoughts on the show in general, I... Obviously, it's a massive nostalgia bomb. Harkens back to what we were talking about before the break. Movies like The Goonies and these Monster Squad and, I mean, really big influence on on the show. Excuse me. (coughs) Cigarettes are good. (laughs) uh... (laughs) They're all natural, though. Sometimes I think the nostalgia can be a little overwhelming. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's inside baseball for people like us, but like younger people are getting exposed to these ideas without really any context to it. But I, I mean, and this season is really heavy on some really amazing moments. And what we've, so we have to talk, this is the the elephant in the room. We've had two artists that you and I both kind of grew up with who are now relevant again because of this fucking show. Yeah. The obvious one being Kate Bush, Kate Bush, who is now making a quarter million dollars a week. Really? Yeah. Because of the song. Because, because people up the are hill. just downloading the fuck of of running up. It the was hill. like it was like um, number one on yes. Apple. Right? Unbelievable! Wow. Think about that. So we're gonna get into some spoilery material, guys. Ish. Ish. We'll try. We'll try to be kind, but it's hard not to talk about it without talking about it also everyone's fucking seen it if anybody who wants it (laughs) see and that's our rule here we don't do the spoiler thing because if you're like when we talk about marvel movies or whatever typically 90 percent of the time people who are interested in seeing this type of stuff see it as soon as they can so when we talk about two weeks three weeks outside of the release 
Everybody that wanted to watch it has already watched it. And right. Those that are going to watch it, let's be honest, you're not that invested. Sure. Right. You don't really care that much. So yeah. I don't believe But it's if true you want to skip ahead 10 minutes, skip ahead. Yeah. But, I mean, because we're going to touch on some things that definitely happen in the show. Sure. Sure. I, I know that you know the moment that I'm talking about. I want to know your thoughts and your feelings and what it made you feel <laughs> in what? that finale. When Eddie plays the guitar. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, well, they introduced a new character this season. Yes. Um, Eddie Munson. Eddie Munson. Um, who ends up being the leader of the Hellfire Club, which is their D&D group. And so you're talking nerd porn for oh, me. Oh, my. Yeah. I'm... I'm gassed at this point, like watching these guys play D and D. It, it. I hope Dungeons and Dragons has a resurgence just because of this show. It, it's still a very popular thing across the world. But it, it was initially in the first season, right? It okay, came back and I in hope. A big way. I hope it. Yeah. You know, with Critical Role, and there's a lot of different people doing this on a big level. It's such a fun thing to do with your friends. Anyway, um, that being well, they thought it was going to cause us to be saintness. When I was a kid, that was the whole. Uh, that is a storyline in Stranger Things that yeah. is so real. It's so real. Yeah. We were told, oh no, this is how Satan gets into you. It was a satanic panic. It was, yeah, exactly. And that happened with music, with D&D, Ouija boards. <laughs> yeah, but Iron Maiden, Judas oh, Priest. The, that, it was all kind of the same time where anything associated with these things, you were going to be a Satanist. That's what's going to happen. Um that being said, Eddie Munson was the the leader of the Hellfire Club. There's a scene towards the end, and I won't explain the reasons behind it, but trust me when I say it makes sense. The whole uh, season, you're told they're in a band, right? And Eddie's like in love with his guitar, and it's he's the long-haired kind of 80s heavy metal guy. Kind of the Hesher. The Hesher. Yeah. yeah. God, nobody knows that word. Dude. I know. Hesher's big. <laughs> um that being said, there's a moment where he picks up his guitar and he starts playing. And I'm watching this with my daughter. Yeah. So you talk about being able to bridge generations. This show, she's as big of a fan of this show as I am. And she's going to be 13 this year. Doesn't need to know all the inside baseball. Doesn't ruin it for her. Right. She still tits, gets extreme joy out of this. Right. So we're watching, and all of a sudden, I, I see, dun, 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 and I'm like, he, Eddie picks up his guitar, and he starts playing Master of Puppets, and he's playing it. Like, yes. that's the whole point of him playing, was he's supposed to lure the bad guys towards yeah, him. Yeah, creating a... A distraction. A, a diversion, right? yeah. And he had, like, big Marshall full stacks. And oh, dude. Fucking, and he gets on his fucking... I, I, I know the guitar, too. It was a... It was a... What's it called? A BC? BC Rich? Yeah, it was like a BC Rich for you guitar people out there. Yeah. Total, like, stylized heavy metal guitar. Just classic. And he starts shredding Master of Puppets. <laughs> so and good. And it's honestly... Like, I know you felt the same way I did, where you're just like, there was that warmth of nostalgia that you can't really explain. Yeah, you almost want to, like, thank them. Yeah. Thank you for validating. <laughs> I wasn't an idiot. The, the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, back in the old days, uh, the three of us, when we had Sean with us, we did a track-by-track 
blow Ma- apart uh, master yeah. of puppets yeah. episode yeah and this was a big album for all of us huge um and still is arguably their best album mm-hmm. um uh, just saying but uh that happened in the show let's talk a little bit more meta okay about the season i think this season um i thought the first season was phenomenal brought us everything the second season i had some issues with the second season so much so that I had to go back and watch the end of that season before this season. Only because I just didn't really invest in care yeah. in the second season as much. But this season, holy Christ, did so they get fun. back on the train. This arguably is the best season. I don't think anybody would say otherwise. Right. Yeah. The character development, the acting in it by those kids who are now 25. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's another thing. Watching them grow up and still try to be the same age. Oh, is yeah. I hilarious. think that little girl that plays Max. Yeah. The little redhead. She's like 23. She's 23 years old. Yeah. Yeah. She's supposed to be 14. <laughs> yeah, <dude>. Everybody, like Steve, one of the characters has like full-blown man chest hair. Yeah. It's not even like ad- like adolescent chest hair. It's like 30-year-old man chest hair. Yeah, he's got it's, six gray hairs. It's great, dude. <laughs> Outside of that, the acting in it, Matthew Modine, speaking of nostalgic actors, you're talking about vision quests, oh, things that we God. grew up with that were so important to us. Great actor. Um, he did a phenomenal job. Winona Ryder, another nostalgic actress. Fucking Beetlejuice, Heathers. Like Winona Ryder was like one of the Lucas. Big, Lucas, one of the biggest deals in the world. She was a big deal. Um, so it's great to have the nostalgic actors brought back to do a nostalgic show, and they nailed it. Uh, the effects were par excellence. Badass. They were so fucking good this season with their effects. Um, they the, created a like a visual aesthetic to this season. Amazing, yeah. Like they, it, they, it was different. It was different. It was different. There, the main bad guy Vecna. Oh my gosh, was phenomenal. Great. Um, and and the way they created him and explained why he exists tied in with everything else. So good. They 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 put their foot in it this season, and yeah. it's so well done. It got to the point. We, Bobby and I were joking. I said. You know, you start loving these. I didn't care about them the last season as much as I did the first. And this season, like, I was brought to tears a couple times. It was very emotional, but in brilliant how they did that. And they still left the door open for more. Oh, yeah. There's We're one more one another, more season. We're getting another season. And, and if you're, this will be the finale. I season. hope so. And I, they've I, already announced it. I want yeah. them to end up on a good note. Um, yeah. They did their jobs. Yes. By virtue of this. Um, There was one death. We thought there would be a couple was the rumor. I had my daughter trying to spoil Rex and I, and we kept telling her to be quiet. She's like, did you know I read there's going to be two deaths this season? Mink, And we're like, just uh, we're going to basically put you up for adoption. Yeah. Stop it. Um, But there was a major death. It was very emotional. But um, outside of that, the gang's back together. You know, I won't tell you how, but man, the 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 gelling of the ensemble between Murray and and it, it like this is a true ensemble cast now. It's interesting 
you did see new characters come in and rise to the forefront and old characters kind of get pushed yeah. out of the spotlight a little yeah. bit. Characters that have been made or characters right. didn't right. have as big a voice in this season. I don't know what the thought... Pro- I, I Regardless, they did it well. They did like, it, yes. You know, it was done well the way they kind of shuffled the deck. Yeah, for sure. Um, but And the new characters they brought on, including Eddie and... Stoner guy Spicoli. I, yeah. always, I oh, forget his I, name. I can't remember his name. I, I what a great character! Native native actor. Yeah, fantastic. Like they did. I, I can't oversell how cool the season was. Not sure from a from a nostalgic standpoint, but like I said, my twelve year old, thirteen year old daughter now is hooked. Yeah, you know. So this has a lot for a lot of people. You can watch it with your kids of age. I would probably say over 11 or 12 would be fine. Because there are some genuinely... There's some scary scary parts in in there. Especially this season with how people were dying a particular way. Nasty. Was frightening. (laughs) It was brutal. Yeah, it was nasty. It was nasty. Um, But yeah, obviously, it's a a buy. Yeah, that's a buy for me. It's a buy, man. Um, So a similarly themed kind of thing that you just watched, I had seen prior... Was right. Black Phone. Ooh, we talked about a little bit. You saw it and I had. I brought it up a little bit. Yeah. You, I wanted, I would love to hear your thoughts on Black Phone a little bit. Another adolescent trauma 80s. based 80s or 70s, right? Late Seven, 70s. Well, late 70s. Yeah, which late 70s. We were, we were kiddo kiddos. And I'll say this. And this kind of occurred to me when we were talking about the Stranger Things things. That's why I'm the Stranger Things stuff. That's why I'm bringing it up is because it brought back a mood that I remember from being a kid. Yeah. And that's the idea of like being in a town and a kid goes missing. Yeah. And the panic and the fear that sets into a community. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Everybody feels it. Yeah. And um, it was less so for me. I grew up in L.A., and it's so many people and there's so much stuff happening. You almost can't focus on one thing like that. But you grew up in a smaller town. I did. Um, where something like a kid going missing is everything anybody's going to be talking about, right? 100%. And I'm sure it happened. Yeah. And it was probably everybody, your parents wanted you home right after school. Yep. Like it Happened when I was probably like 10 or 11. So right within the age group that mm-hmm. these kids. And they found the on. kid. Oh, good. It yeah. usually doesn't work out that way, um, unfortunately. Um, but they did a great job. I mean, I think it was funny. As a kid, I remember saying to friends of mine, isn't it going to be funny when we're all grown up and we all like things like rap and this and that? Like, that's going to be weird. Like, right. we're going to be in control of stuff and we like all this weird stuff. Yep. And here we are. And the people making movies now and producing movies now are our age. And they ha- they grew up with the same things we grew up with. And you can really see it within the context of the movies. It's not just the genre, but it's the approach to the genre. feels very relatable and real they're not they're not trying to film the 70s they live through it yeah so they know it they know it and um that movie in particular it's a horror movie don't get it twisted there's a couple moments of true horror in it um but it's definitely a movie all about childhood trauma 
and and from the protagonist and the antagonist, both of them suffering trauma in different ways and what that can do to you as a person. Um, there is a supernatural aspect to it as well. Um, I'm saying if you like Ethan Hawke, and who the fuck doesn't like Ethan Hawke? He's great. Um, even though he fucked his nanny, which is so gauche. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say baller. <laughs> uh, thing about Uma Thurman, she can see you coming from every direction. Yes, she can. She can. She's a uh, part of the Moriarty clan. <laughs> she's, she's got Moriarty gene. Um, <laughs> wide eyes, that one. Very wide. Wide set. Wide. Um, he was phenomenal in it. I oh, thought he was... He was Brilliant in it, uh, and and truly horrifying. And as the as the antagonist, most of the people in the movie are children, and they all do a tremendous job acting. It's so funny. The they find these like little savants as kids to act, and they're so in touch with what they're doing. It's really impressive. It is a horror movie. It it's it's an hour and a half to the second. It's not going to take a lot of your time, but I think if you've got the will. Um, to watch something like that. There is some minor abuse moments in it. Um, if you have trauma like that, I'd probably suggest you don't watch it. it there were some moments that some were difficult to watch. Stuff, for sure. Um, but it's a great movie. It's a great little movie. I think it's fantastic. Um, and it brings you the horror. This isn't supernatural horror by virtue of Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. This was like actual horror we lived through back in the day when you had kids disappearing and that creepy van that drives around your neighborhood, which we had. Yeah. I ran from vans um, that tried to get me and my friends. That's like a real old school wives' tale, like, you know, urban myth Definitely. of the van. Yeah. And I we had that at our place. We'd run from this van that would come around during elementary school it was scary yeah and it brought back a lot of that too but it's a it's, it's a really good film to watch if you're, it is if you're in a good place for it i don't want to tell you yeah, people with sure. trauma it's pretty traumatic i i was really shocked at the physicality that ethan hogg brought to it oh he amazing. has a he has a certain lane that he's usually in yes this was very much not that. This is, he's never done anything like this. And there are scenes in this movie where he's literally sleeping and it is it's frightening, terrifying. Yeah. The and he's literally that he brings to he's it. He's sleeping and he's like an animal. Yeah. Like it's like yes. trying to tiptoe around a guard dog and not trying to wake it up. Yep. And it's fucking, it's frightening, dude. And a sound happens, and the yeah. camera pans over, yeah. and he's still asleep, and you're like, fuck, dude. Okay. Scary. He's going to get up. It's a dude. scary scene. It's so man. scary. Uh, <laughs> and what's his name from uh, the guy that was in, uh, in fucking in Sinister with him? He played the young cop. Yeah. If you're a fan of horror movies, he was with Ethan Hawke. He comes back to play his brother, Max, and he ends up being from Durango and doing blow. So go figure that out. Um, <laughs> but, a, but a great movie. A, a good time to watch, for sure. For Absolutely. Sure, for sure. Um, I think we got one song for you guys. It's an important one. Um, this is something that, else, man. I yeah, like that we walked across. This is not a banger. Um, this is a... Um, it's, it's, it's a powerful, meaningful song. It's from half of one of our favorite groups, Run the Jewels, 
who run the Jewels 5, will be coming out, I hear, very soon. Uh, this is Killer Mike, activist, rapper, all-around good fucking dude, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, he has a new song out with old thugger, man, with young thug. Uh, Dave Chappelle does the intro to the song, which is about a minute long. We'll play that at the end if you're interested. We're going to get right into Killer Mike's part of the song. Um, you're going to figure out why it's called Run right yeah. away. <laughs> um, it's got some, uh, some illicit language to it, as most of our music does, but uh, it's powerful. It's a powerful song. Um, it's a great track, too, so... Hopefully. Bobby liked it, so that made me feel better. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Let's check it out. Say I kept it solid when it's all said and done. All I know is keep going. Run, nigga, run. Mama told me never fold. Run, nigga, run. Like Jenny told Forrest Gump. Run, nigga, run. The race for freedom ain't won. Run, nigga, run. Had to make it out the red clay, run, nigga, run. The west side of Atlanta, yeah, that's where I'm from. Yeah, that is a... It's a burner. Uh, it's a different track, man. Like, it's nice to know not everything has to be a bop. I know, and I'm such a whore for that. Like, I want, I want the bang, bang, boogie. Yeah. Always. Make it um, a bop. But I'll tell you what, uh, Mike's, if you know anything about Killer Mike, he is a person before he's a rapper, and uh, his issues are very important to him. He's a very interesting man. Yeah. I find him endlessly fascinating. He's endlessly, if you know his backstory and how he was raised and, you know, with Panthers in the background and yep. he he believes in arming the entire black community. To oh, I was about to say themselves. like in, in, um, in having a conversation in the country right now about gun control and what's going on. Right. He's a guy that will he will give you pause because he has an answer for some of that. And I'm, oh yeah, it, it very very intelligent man. With it, but he he definitely has a thoughtful approach to yes. what this means and he realizes the importance of um he, he realized the importance of of gun ownership especially obviously as it pertains to the black community and protecting oneself against outside influence you know protecting like, himself protecting the community protecting 100%. his family protect, and that, you know, that that's the and that's it's the community being able to protect themselves against interlopers you know like i don't know how else to call them but yeah um considering everything going on in the world um i'm i'm a big fan of the second amendment as well um but yeah yeah um, we we need to change some things absolutely this last uh shooting over in the suburbs in highland park of illinois stop calling it chicago it's like calling durango denver um it's not fair to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but um, yeah, considering all of that, obviously things need to change. I think they will based on what we've been seeing. It's kind of inevitable. Yeah. Background checks, red flags, etc. But yeah, man. Well, that kind of goes into my pearl of wisdom. It's like Jenny told Forrest. Ru- I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> you almost got you me. You almost got you. You almost got me. Damn it. Canceled. That would have been so good. <laughs> My pearl of wisdom is never use the N-word 
ever, ever, ever in any context. Yeah, that's a smart pearl of wisdom. Yeah. I actually was spending a time spending some time with a friend of mine last night named Robbie. And there's two Robbies. So we call Robbie Black Robbie. Because that's how simple we are as human beings. <laughs> but there's, we used to have a, a friend in our friend group that was Black Joe. Yeah. So, you know, that's just the way it is. And he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He's a very. But there, there was another young man. We were at a tavern and just kind of sitting around talking. And uh, this human, he's a kind of a sweet but strange young Latino guy. Okay. Missing a couple of teeth, not Great. the smartest, but he was on one. Whatever was going on with him was not natural. Right. There, He Understood. was enhanced. Understood. He had some super soldier serum. Yeah, he was being a little extra, <laughs> but he kept dropping the N-word. And like casually, like this just, N-word was doing this and yeah. what up my N-word? Exactly. Okay. That kind of, not, not being, not, not being, but taking, taking advantage basically of the language a little bit. Okay. Thinking, I've got thoughts on this, by the way. Robbie dressed him down and it took about 20 seconds. It wasn't, he didn't say a lot. Interesting. He didn't say a lot. All he said was like, look. You need to start paying attention to the language that you use. Hmm. And he's like, it doesn't matter if I'm in the room or not. Right. You need to start paying attention to how you speak to people. Right. That's it. And the guy, you could see it like almost set in. Like it didn't land. Because it couldn't get through the drug couldn't phase. Couldn't get through the right. whatever methy acid sure. mixture that he was on. Right. But um, I found it really interesting. It, there was no anger to it. There was no threat. There was no hmm. aggression. It was just Robbie being like, no, hmm. you need to stop and think about what you're doing. Made me stop and think about my life. Like I was like, hmm. yeah, do I pay attention to my language enough? Do I pay attention to how I speak? I don't go around right. using the N word, but like, right. Just I don't know. in other ways. It was just a thought. Yeah. Like, like that's a really grown up way. It to is. deal with a situation. It's a very civil way. Very there's a civil. Lot of, lot of people that wouldn't handle it like that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Robbie's Malcolm X because he's not. He's right. an asshole like all of us. Right. <laughs> but I love him dearly. And I don't know. It's not my pearl, but. Interesting. I, um, there's a big thing within the community. Um, there's a there's a kind there's a pass, especially for East Coast and gang Latinos um, in general everywhere about the N word. Yeah. They use it freely and they get kind of a weird little pass for it. And it's not necessarily like I've talked to Rex about it and it's not necessarily a free pass. It's very situational, but it's, you know, you look at a guy like Takashi, perfect example. Couldn't be less black. Right. Right. Um, Okay. He's Puerto Rican or whatever. Right. But like. Because the intermarriage of of races and yeah. are, are like there's Afro Cuban and Afro Latino, and there's all these weird kind of iterations of uh, African and Latino back and forth. And you've seen Cuban guys that are black; they're black. Black. I'm sorry. Like, so are they allowed to use that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it gets very weird. I say we all stop saying it, but you know that's that's coming from my privilege you know 
Rex calls me one, and I think it's hilarious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I did something fun the other day. I reread Letters from a Birmingham Jail. Um, If you've never read uh, Martin Luther King's Letters from a Birmingham Jail, it's six pages. It's not a lot. He wrote it as he was being incarcerated for um, what they considered an illegal parade, which was a protest in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Obviously, Martin Luther King is who he is. We all know it. The right loves to quote him. Um, They don't like to quote all of his stuff because it would make them seem like horrible people, but they like to pick and choose what they quote. And rereading this, um, I came across something that was very interesting. And I, I didn't remember this being as impactful as it was. And um, he talks about why he did what he did and what he expects from other leaders. And he said something interesting. He said the most harmful part of, the, part of this is the moderate community. He said the moderate community has the best intentions, but then they keep telling me it's going to take time. And what he's trying to explain is there isn't any time left. Um, you want all your rights? I agree with you, but it's going to take time. Now is not the time. And you hear this a lot from the right with gun control. It's too soon. We can't talk about this right now. Um, We have to start thinking more in lines of the moderates are dangerous. We need people that are willfully on the side of right and the right side of history. Um, We can no longer just just wait and and hope that time fixes this. Time is not going to fix these people. It's not. They're going to be. There's going to be generations of them before anything happens. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think the poor community, the black community, the brown community can afford to wait any longer. And if it requires um, being out in the street and letting them know, um, then that is required. But um, don't be moderate. Um, they, you know, Rex always tells me, it's like, I'd rather see somebody in a clan hood. I know where you're coming from, but it's when you get the handshake and the smile, those are the scary people. Um, so just be weary of the moderate. Um, because at the end of the day, it's, it's a waiting game and it's not a game we will win by waiting. I don't know where we're going to end it. (laughs) There's nothing funny to say after that. Mike, the one thing about being a nigga in America, it's like storming the beach in Normandy. Guy gets popped, another guy goes, another guy falls. Just got to keep going. I keep storming that beach, nigga, you gotta keep running. Ain't no rhyme or reason why it's not you on the ground, but as long as it's not, we keep your feet underneath you. Keep moving. Ain't no time to be scared. And even if you are, what fucking difference does it make? Run, nigga, keep going. You're just as heroic as those people that stormed the beach. <laughs> 